I get the I, I got like the concept your, though. I definitely. Get you want to finish eating all your crackers and shit, whatever it is that you have going on. Oh, there. oh wait, is that the is that the is that the pops? Yeah, and and let let me give you and all of our listeners an update, even though they may not have heard the opening, so this might might not make sense. Uh, but they are all 100% melted. So now I get to just sit here and sweat for the rest of this episode. And they can't be, long. you don't think that they could be like reconstituted and then consumed later, right? Um, uh, maybe. I don't know. What I do know is that now all I've got is a room temperature water bottle to keep me cool. It's got to do the job, though. Did you take the advice of that one person who said, get your your... Like crank your AC way, way, way down before you record, and then I guess shut it off. No, not yet, but I'm gonna try that next time. I might do that. Yeah, I got possibly. answers for everything, dude. I got answers possibly. for all the things. That... Yeah, it's possibility. <laughs> possibility. All right, what do we got to talk about? I'm Q, and I'm Jewish Dave. This is Bird Road. This is Bird Road. This is. Um, don't ever, uh, don't ever forget. To rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> it's our Don't show. you fucking dare. Don't you dare forget <laughs> to rate us, to subscribe to us, and to review us. Dave, give the people a sample review. Like if they're t- t- typing steno style right now, what they can just go in and write. Ready? Go. Bird Road is like a really fun show. I really love Q and Jewish Start Dave. Over. That's bad. That do a better one. Do a better one, please. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be so. Just try harder. Is that was bad. Q and Jewish Dave are really funny guys. Uh, Q knows all kinds of stuff, and Jewish Dave is uh, <sighs> really. Oh, yeah, that was good. No, that was good. Uh, just take off your headphones for like one second. Um, okay. Hey, listeners, I'm really sorry. That sucked. I'll post something for you to be able to, to write dave are you there you can put your headphones back on hey hey how's it going man pretty good pretty good so um rate review subscribe uh thanks again for trying so hard on that last little bit that we did um was, what's yeah, going on this week on uh in other other corners of the all points west um the all points west network um dave what's happening over in the in the move of the, the move of worldies the, the world of, of movies um yeah piecing it together i just posted right now a new episode episode 13 it's on best friends volume two the uh conclusion to the tommy Wiseau greg sestero opus and uh recording another episode tomorrow so hopefully that'll go up maybe even on friday over in the world of uh entre dos our other uh gem in our in our in our um podcast world I don't know what they did. <laughs> I haven't listened to it yet. They haven't. Um, I'll have to cut this out. Entre dos, you can download that, rate, rate it, review it, subscribe to it, all them things. The beautiful, sensual Monica Leal and um, the very nice and sweet uh, Paula Nino. Uh, both, I'm married to one of them. So, like, I kind of, you know, have to be careful about what I say. So, the uh, those two teach you how to raise a bilingual child dave yeah what do we need to do what do we need to do with this with this show like creatively in terms of direction what do we need to get more into 
Well, I think that uh, something that we're going to be doing a lot more going forward here, especially in the next couple of months, is going to be talking to candidates from uh, both here and... Uh, Here's my thing you know. with that. Okay. I gave you your own podcast to talk about culture. You have that now. So uh -huh. we don't have to talk about movies <laughs> I, I gave you this. <laughs> I gave you. You've done I gave nothing. you. <laughs> I gave you you talking <laughs> on a microphone. I built this from the ground. I built up. this monster for you. Um, <laughs> so no, but you're right. And we, had, uh, well, I had written the note that we're both looking at before this. Yeah. Um, before this episode, we do need to get more into. For the a candidates. second there, I was like, I don't know what the fuck you're leading me into, and then I looked down at my phone. I was like, Oh, okay. Oh, I'm a great big dummy. Oh, you had a plan. It's almost like it's something he's trying trying to get me to do. What's he trying to get me to do? What's this in my hand? Is it an otter pop? No, it's my phone. Oh, look, there's words here that look a lot like the words he's saying. <laughs> this word is almost exactly the same. <laughs> okay, brain. We're going to do this together. like running a show with you remember in robocop when the he like he dumps one of the bad guys into a into like a vat of toxic sludge and mm -hmm. it just turns the, the bad guy turns into toxic sludge it's like just doing a, a podcast with the toxic sludge ah. <laughs> it's not even sentient anymore Trying to picture you uh, having to edit the show together between uh, everything we do and then that that interview we did and then Will's part. Oh, and Will's part is the easiest. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we got some cool stuff coming up in our A blocks and our B blocks. Number one, we're about to have um, we're about to air an interview that we did with uh, with a, a local candidate down here in Miami because, as Dave alluded to so deftly, <laughs> um, we are, <laughs> we need to start talking to. Uh, the candidates that we talk about a lot more um, we give I think probably the biggest course correction that I want to do with the show when we talk about the, the politics and the issues that we that we talk about um, is that rather than it's fun to just like castigate the people <laughs> who we don't agree with and point out all the reasons that they're wrong and and you know rail on them and whatnot but I also think I think instead it's probably far more rewarding and, and useful to have on people who we don't think are um, are doing things wrong. We think people who we think will make good candidates and good leaders. So luckily, most of them are progressives and they're like super down to talk because the media does not cover them. And, um, you know, their, their campaigns tend to get not a lot of attention that's not the case with our guest today eileen higgins who's running for uh, a local uh, county commission seat here in miami-dade county she has been a little bit of a media darling in the last uh, few weeks and we'll, we'll um, hear more from her two weeks out of her really stunning um special election win she didn't clear the hurdle of 50 percent to be able to avoid a runoff but she did beat two republican challengers and um 
so she's going to a runoff against the uh, the 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 of the, uh, the second place person, the second place candidate, who um, you know will will be her only opponent in the in the June nineteenth election. Uh, so we'll hear from Eileen in a second, but yeah, man, I just think we need to like get a little more into that as primary season's going. Like, how are things looking over in Nevada? What's cra- what's 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 crapping over there? Uh, well, I, I see a lot of, uh, unfortunately, like a lot of infighting between all the progressives and all that, which is always so, uh, disheartening, but you know, the good news is that there are people that are really doing a great job with their, uh, their campaigns. Amy Villello, who we had on the show, uh, she's doing really great, uh, and getting a lot of support. Um, Michael Weiss is still, uh, going strong. Um, and you know, I definitely I want to try to he's get some, strong, some of these. He's got that back strong on. rap game. You can't. Yeah, he's got that that rap he's song. A, Hell yeah! Yeah, <laughs> I produce for him. Hell yeah! But yeah, my, he's the uh, only. No, he's so far, some of these so far, he's only our. He's our only returning guest. I think that we've ever had. He's only our only two time guest, or have we had a two time yeah. guest other? Uh, no, no, yeah, I think just him. Yeah, but uh, so. yeah, no, and there's there's a few others that we uh, didn't have on the show that I, I'm going to reach out to in these coming weeks. Try to get some of them on the show. Uh, now that we're, you know, we got the primaries coming up, so it definitely makes sense to try to get them back on. Yeah, don't forget that. I mean, um, the <laughs> the not even counting all that local level stuff, which has become the true, like local level county commissions, city commissions, aldermen, um, you know, mayoral races, things like that have become the almost exclusive bastion of conservatives who don't like to let you know that they're Republicans. Like they will never actually, um, you know, that's, that's the whole purpose of these like nonpartisan races. A lot of times is to avoid the, um, you know, being besmirched uh, as, as the party that, you know, most accurately reflects what your feelings are. I mean, there's so many uh, like mayors and, and um, people in, in, in elected positions locally here in Miami and in, in Florida who don't let you know that they're Republicans, but they are, and you can kind of see it through their actions and things like that. But discounting all those thousands and thousands and thousands of elected positions throughout the country and just focusing on state houses, state senates, the U.S. Senate, and the U.S. House of Representatives. During 2008 to 2016, Obama's term, Obama's two terms, Democrats across the board, lost a thousand seats. Mm. So it's so important rather than just, you know, I'd, ra- I'd rather light a candle than curse your darkness, brother. And, you know, <laughs> it, I, <laughs> they say something about do something about it. So that's what we're going to try to do. We're not good, frankly, at being earnest and not being sarcastic and not being toxic and uh, you know ironic and shit like that like that's we're not like we're not good at it so it might sound weird when we have somebody on it's a strange drop. it's a strange mix this show but it's always been a strange mix um and that doesn't mean we can't do good stuff while we're while we're doing it yeah like when we don't make dick jokes for like a solid 10 minutes because we're talking to somebody <laughs> about medicaid for all or something like that it, it's 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 always going to be a little weird but um yeah so um, speaking of dick jokes, Charles Schultz, CEO of Starbucks, 
not just resigned yesterday, a year after he resigned from his position as, as CEO, where you know he was still sort of the chairman and he, he was really still in charge for the last year, um, but he legit resigned um, from Starbucks and uh, made allusions to quote unquote public service. Like he 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 said that he's going to find some way to be a public service when insanely rich egocentric billionaires say that that's what they want to do. Usually, it's because they want to run for president. Um, sometimes maybe it's to run for governor of New York or governor of California or something like that. Um, but he was interviewed today. Did you get a chance to listen to the CNBC interview, Dave? I watched the beginning of it. Yeah. Like the first like 10, 15 minutes. Oh, yeah, that's the worst part. That was the boring part where the guy was yeah. just trying to figure, the host was just trying to figure out like trying to do the whole, <laughs> like, does, do you really think you're just going to trick somebody into saying that they're running for president? If you ask them <laughs> enough times. This guy yeah, right. probably has uh, like a $2 million communications team that's supporting every word that he says. And, he, and like you think that if you just add, it's like the rule of, th- it's like the whole thing with like, are you a cop? Because if you are, you have to tell me. It's like, wait, no, you don't. You don't have to tell. Where did that come from? Why did we think that you had to tell somebody if they're a cop? You don't. Cops don't have to tell you that. They can just lie and say that they're not cops. But, um, this guy is acting like, are you running for president? You know, you have to tell me if, if you are, or, you know. So um, anyway, later in the interview was the part that I kind of wanted you to watch because, again, this is a guy who is doing a thing where, you know, he's he's a very, he presents himself in a very liberal fashion. He's, he's socially, he's all about, what are the right words? inclusion and diversity and um sure. yeah, all yeah. the all the corporate buzzwords that 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 you you employ through your hiring practices and through your sensitivity training and things like things like that and compliance programs ultimately they're compliance programs um so but to his credit he is very liberal in 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 a good way like in terms of um you know he i can't say that he hasn't done pretty decent things for, for, I mean, working at Starbucks is a heck of a lot better than working in a lot of places in this country. And I guess that's saying something, even though that fucking bar is really, really low. They get to some of the issues though. And they're talking about, uh, actually what's funny is the interviewer didn't even really push him on this. He just kind of volunteered it saying that we need to, and I'm paraphrasing him here, but basically that we need to, um, as a country, stop talking about some of these unattainable things or things that will that will never happen like met like medicare for all and uh you know universal health care and um you know universal basic living wage things by the way that are all absolutely feasible and not just feasible but would actually be less expensive than the alternative of what we're doing now which is if you if you understand the way that what they call qsr quick service restaurant. If you understand the way that their business models work, um, their business model is in the margins of the time that it takes their 30 hour a week employee to be able to get from their place to the other place that he has, he or she has to work because that's their model is ha- is paying so little and having people working two, 30, 25 to 30 hour a week jobs that pay so little because that's the way that they have to live that they can uh, avoid or skirt having to give them benefits, skirt having to give them health insurance, and uh, avoid the extra cost that comes with really investing in a person, um, you know, giving them a decent living wage. And 
when you start talking about making people more economically mobile, like empowering them with things like, uh, and we talk a little bit about this actually with 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 Eileen. Now that I think back to our in, our interview, so if you're listening, you're going to hear a little more about this. But it, when you're more economically mobile, you're less likely to stick around in a shitty situation. Mm. You're you're going to be able, and a, a person like uh, a person a person who is a CEO of Starbucks has no incentive to want that. They have no incentive to give up that that um, that benefit that they have. Really what it is is a tax subsidy because all of those people have to, all of those, those workers have to derive some sort of, you know, government benefit. They have to apply for, um, you know, TANF or SNAP or, or uh, some, some form of welfare, WIC if they have children, um, which I don't even think it's called WIC anymore. But um, so... And that that's completely threadbare. That entire uh, social safety net that used to be something that you could rely on. That sort of dep- uh, post depression era, you know, New Deal n- net that would catch you if you fell and help you get back on your feet doesn't exist in a, any real way anymore. So um, even though you wouldn't know that, listening to conservatives talk about how like that's the single biggest cost of everything in the country, not war or anything like that. So whatever. <laughs> Charles Schultz, not the peanuts guy, as you right. had alluded to. Um, billionaire dick joke number one, uh, who we'll probably <laughs> have to be talking about. So um, billionaire dick joke number two is from a New York Times article talking about Howard Schultz. We uh, get the news that guess who's back in throwing his name as well into the um, consideration of, of potentially running for president uh your your boy mark cuban my boy <laughs> would you ever vote for a billionaire remember we made fun of oprah at the at the last show yeah yeah that was a good bit too i mean god i mean who that's who that's who the choices usually are <laughs> like at least not multi, multi, yeah multi 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 millionaires though well i don't know let me think John McCain and Barack Obama. John McCain, I think, was pretty wealthy from some business holdings or business dealings by then, by 2008. He comes from a military family. But um, uh, so, like, one out of two, right? Obama didn't get rich until he got in the White House, which is always kind of weird to me. Like, I always wonder, why do these guys get rich in the White House? Doesn't it seem like they should probably, like, go broke in the White House? I mean, it should be public service. It should be something where, like, put it off until later you know put off the you know cashing in until later but um uh Mitt Romney yeah you're right Mitt Romney was you know an obscenely wealthy person hundred hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars Donald Trump I guess like depending on who you believe either like he's completely broke and Russia owns him or he's he's worth a hundred billion dollars like there's nothing in between apparently but so yeah I, I don't know I can't picture, man, voting for somebody posted today that Jeff Bezos, it just this year has become worth another $40 billion and that every day he becomes worth another $250 million. And so they made the point that like, um, well, they juxtaposed that with the statistic that almost 50% of Amazon's workers make less than I think fourteen thousand dollars a year, right, right? Which is just insane. 
That's insane. Uh, that's so far. I don't know if you if if you can put in your mind what fourteen thousand dollars is. It's nothing. You can't even. Of that's course. that's more than. That's that's less than like most household food budgets. I mean, for for a year. That's forget about housing or trying. You know, any any of that or just existing or, and then. I don't know. This was. Have you seen these these posts lately, or people talking about like, like sending out pointers about like here are the six ways that you should, um, you know, that you can live, uh, you know, minimalist lifestyle and and not be so bitter about not being a billionaire. Have you seen these things or no? No. Uh-uh. They've been coming out in conjunction with like a lot of the like cost of living studies coming out of the the Bay Area because it's so ridiculously expensive to to, to live there. And um, like, I guess people have been saying like, well, technically, if you if you live near your job and if you don't have to take public transportation or, or own a car and if you do this and this and this and this, you can live just uh, just fine, you know, within your means. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so would you ever vote for a billionaire? You didn't answer my question. I mean, I guess if I had to, <laughs> that's about Wouldn't- it. In I what case would you have to. to? Well, the billionaires who got the, uh, you know, the nomination. Oh, like yeah. Oh, you mean like in in yeah in the party? Like if yeah. if if, Mar- if Mark Cuban won the Democratic yeah. nomination, exactly. Yeah, and he was gonna like put he was gonna like install in every federal building. He was gonna install like a a, a hundred um segways or something like that. <laughs> Like, this is the way that we walk now. <laughs> this is what we do. Actually, I'd be pretty down for that. Yeah, you don't like walking. I, I, I've never ridden a Segway, have you? I've never ridden a Segway. Should we rent, yeah. r- ride Segways? Should we do a Segway podcast? Like, should we do one from on a Segway? Actually, I'm or thinking we should ride them uh, at, po- at Podcast Movement. Oh my God. Podcast Movement, if you're out there. Um, <laughs> listening, and I, I think that you are because you seem to know the stuff that we do and the stuff that we talk about. Uh, so one of y'all is out there listening to us. Um, yeah, we want in our writer as attendees of your event. We want <laughs> we want segues. In I did want to put down though also David Coke in like good billionaire news. David Coke appears to be on his deathbed, so that's good. He's almost dead. <laughs> Great. So we're a Miami show, but the majority of our listeners aren't actually here. There's some Miami political context that we should get into. In national elections, Miami-Dade is a reliably Democratic stronghold. For instance, when Barack Obama won Florida in 2008, he captured Florida's most populous county, which is what we are, Miami-Dade, by a margin of 140,000, performed pretty much the same, actually a little better in 2012. Hillary actually won the county by almost 300,000 in 2016, which... God, it seems like a lifetime ago. Um, but what gets lost in that dynamic and what most people don't know is how prevalent conservative generational politics can kind of be in our local elections. And uh, not even really conservatism. It's more like um, sort of patronage, a little bit of an old boys club, which is similar to a lot of places. Um, that has a lot to do with a lot of complex dynamics, older Cubans and some more recent arrivals from countries like Nicaragua, Venezuela tend to 
identify a little bit more conservative because, I mean, can you really blame them? Um, Republicans also tend to do very well in the so-called nonpartisan elections on our local level here, city, county commissioners, mayorships, other elected positions. They tend to fall more to the conservative candidates. Um, But my next guest is shaking things up. She's running for Miami-Dade County Commission District 5, district that includes Miami Beach, a lot of Little Havana, um, I believe parts of Opalaca and uh, Brickell as well. Uh, she'll remind me if I'm missing any of the neighborhoods that, that, that I drive through pretty much every day. On uh, May 22nd, she defeated two Republican challengers in a special election. Um, so now she's headed to our June 19th runoff against the wife of the commissioner who's now running for state house down here, um, who is a Republican. So it, it is... Uh, my pleasure to welcome Eileen Higgins. Uh, her name is going to be on the ballot on, on June 19th. Eileen, welcome to Bird Road. Thanks. I'm happy to be here and happy to talk um, about the amazing District 5 down here in uh, Miami-Dade County. It's, yeah, so uh, the first... Yeah, yeah go the, ahead. I was going to give you a little intro that the, oh. um, one of the things that I like about you, one of the things that, uh, that I hadn't seen until yesterday was, um, okay, if you're in Miami, one of the topics that people are always talking about is how bad public transportation is. And every once in a while, they'll bring the mayor or they'll bring maybe Marco Rubio or somebody will go to a mysteriously empty platform for our metro rail and, uh, and, and, <laughs> and get onto one of the brand new, the three or four brand new metro rail cars that we have and, and then take some questions on the next platform and it's all photo op. Yesterday, Eileen was riding on the actual bus heading to Miami <laughs> Beach and, uh, and interacting with voters and it was, it was not a photo op. It was legitimately... Tra- getting transportation in public. It's so, yeah, uh, just going somewhere on the bus um, to be able to avoid traffic, save the environment, and actually not pay for parking when one arrives. So, <laughs> oh, that's that's a good. Bus. It's it's sure. all good. You can uh, save the planet and and save a little money and actually get somewhere from time to time on public transportation if you try to use it. So I cut you off a moment ago. You were going to yeah. talk about District, District 5. What yeah. is it? Talk about District 5. What is District 5 in, so in Miami-Dade County? District 5 is um, it's really kind of, it's it has everything Miami could possibly have. It starts in, in Miami Beach and South Beach, um, has, um, and then crosses the beautiful um, Biscayne Bay, comes into downtown in the center of Miami and Brickell, which is sort of the financial center. Um, a few um, neighborhoods a little further south, uh, nice middle-class neighborhoods like Shenandoah and the roads. But then it continues and it encompasses just about all of Little Havana. And so when you say all of these things in one sentence, it's incredible. We have literally on Fisher Island some of the richest people, forget about in Miami, probably in the whole world, yeah. And then in, in parts of Little Havana um, and Flagami, we have people that are literally living paycheck to paycheck, um, completely dependent on public transportation, which as most of us knows, doesn't work all the time. Um, and so we do have, this is a tale of two cities where we've had local elected officials who most of these families have been in charge for a long, long time. They've just allowed our income gap to grow and grow and grow to we're always listed in the top five. Who wants to be in the top five of inequality in the U.S.? Like, oh my gosh, um, that that is not a proud um, proud place to be in in the top uh, top five. So, it, for me, it's time to change that dynamic. We we've got to start attempting to put residents uh, first 
in some of the decisions that we make here with local government. So that's a huge part of me running is, um, sure, I'd like better public transportation, but the reality is I, I'm worried about this city and, and this county because we're not creating the kinds of jobs that um, offset what we now have is an incredible affordable housing crisis. And we have tens of thousands of working class families that um, cannot, forget about barely making ends meet, they cannot make uh, ends meet anymore. And, and District 5 really represents that. Well, a lot of people will ask me, they'll say, um, uh, you know, the, the employment rate is doing so well. And, I, and don't you think that that bodes well for the lower income? And I'll say, I'll be honest with you. I'm not based on where I work in Little Havana and the people that I see who are who are busting their humps every day. I'm not surprised. I, I'm more surprised that the employment rate isn't 200 percent because everybody needs two jobs. Yes. To be able to and many of them, an apartment. many of them have two jobs or, or three, three jobs, particularly if they have children. Um, you know, these parents, these parents are working one day and, and bear in mind, I, I'm sure I'll get the exact number wrong, but we're an economy where almost all of our jobs are service sector and almost all yeah. of them are below $15 an hour and the housing wage, right? Which is this, this new measure where we say, what do we need to earn in order to house ourselves and our families properly in, in Miami is around $23 an hour. So with a state, um, you know, we got a state government that forces us to a minimum wage of $8.25. Um, and how does that happen? In Miami, it's impossible. They're, they're, the cost of housing just doesn't correlate to what workers are earning. And um, that didn't used to be the case, right? You you remember 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, it was pretty reasonable to, to rent an apartment or, or purchase an apartment or a house here. And that is no longer the case. And yet our wages are the same. I think I read in the Herald, it was probably two weeks ago, that um, I know I read in the Herald, I just can't remember the exact date, that the real wages in our county, with, when you take inflation into account, are exactly the same as they were in the 1970s. Well, well you know as well as I do, the, yeah. we may be making the same as 1970, um, but the cost of living here is... Um, is not in the 1970s, it's in the, the whatever, 2018s and 2019s. And we have a real crisis for working families here. And, and we have got to have elected officials that bring balance into decision making, right? We need development, everybody needs development. And, and certainly, wealthy families deserve a great quality of life as well. But we have got to rebalance decision making um, so that um, every resident here um, gets city and county services at, at the same level. It, it should not be dependent, um, you know, on influence and money. It, it should be, we're all here together living in community and, and some of our neighbors are really uh, struggling. So it's got to be fixed. I'm hoping to be a, play a small, tiny role in making a few changes. <laughs> so. Well, your message has gotten people um, kind of up and 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 paying attention in a way that I haven't seen very many local candidates do in the last ten or twelve years. Um, practically, you do face an uphill climb because the election that you won 
it could if even though it was a nonpartisan election, one could make the case that, oh, well, there were two Republicans he ran against who might have split the ticket against each other. And presumably a lot of those votes might coalesce onto the side of your opponent, uh, Zoraida Barrera, again, who is the wife of um, the uh, Bruno Barrera, who's uh, running for higher office, the state house. Um, so what is it about your message that's getting through to people? Because uh, for somebody who has um, a lot more name recognition than you do just from the, by, by virtue of her last name, you, from, from what I'm seeing, you're getting the ink, you're getting the mentions. People are talking about your campaign. Why? People are talking about my campaign because my message is simple. I never promise to be perfect. I have not promised that if I become commissioner that I will change the world overnight, but I will change the conversation and I will make values-based decision that puts the best interest in the county in mind. And, and this is what people are resonating with, I promise to not make any of those decisions with any connections or webs of, of special interests. And as you know, in Miami, we seem to just move people around and family members, the cousin, the brother, the mother, now the wife. Um, yeah. And so this web of special interest gets um, gets entrenched right over 10 years, 20 years now with, with the Barrero family and county commission almost 25 years. And, and so people are looking for someone to make decisions unencumbered by special interests. And um, as everybody knows, and you'll, you know, you, you live here in Miami, sometimes I'll vote and you'll really love what I did. And, and sometimes I may make a decision. You'll think, gosh, I wish she did the other thing, but you will always know that I will never, ever be personally enriched by whatever decision I make. I'm always making it based on information, facts, and what I think is going to benefit um, the people of the county and the economy of the county. And so that's what's resonating. It's just trying to be clean in county politics and very transparent. And um, and so people from all sides um, are, are standing up and voting for me. And um, it, it, it's been an amazing process um, to have people put their trust in me and um, and I expect them to hold me accountable <laughs> when I'm on the dais. That's a good th that's a good thing because uh, I think now more than ever people are are very aware of whether or not a candidate is is doing that, and so that's great that you um, recognize that they're seeing that in you. Yeah, it's it's simply and and bear in mind everybody I talk to we share the same problems. Everybody complains about traffic. They really wish public transportation would finally function. We need more of it, but what we've got doesn't work very well, right? Everyone's worried about the cost of housing, and it's not just the working, you know, working poor. What about if you graduate from college, you're laden with student loan debts, your salaries here are lower, and you can barely afford an apartment, so people are moving further away. So everybody's worried about the same things. And um, they all just want their precious tax dollars that they give to local government spent on services for them, right? Not on special interests or big corporate interests. Um, you know, we today, um, our mayor, sadly, um, sometimes he does the right thing, in my opinion, today is, is one of those days where he isn't. He vetoed a living wage at our airport concessions. So now... How can that be? That's the airport is county land. 
right? That means it's my land, right? As a resident, I own it, you own it. Everybody who lives here, it's, it's our land. And we just rejected paying people that work on our community land at the airport a living wage, which, which means these concessionaires can, can pay uh, minimum wage or, or, you know, hopefully a little more, but they're not required to pay what it would cost for these people to afford housing here. And so what we've done is we've transferred the responsibilities of the private sector to the residents and the taxpayers, because guess what we're going to have to do? Those people yeah, working in those concessions, yeah, we're going to have to pay for them on whether it's the SNAP program and food stamps or whether it's they are on the lines for more affordable housing. It, to me, I don't understand this decision, and I'm, I'm shocked that the mayor would veto the will of the commission, but he did, and we were one vote shy of being able to overturn his veto. Miami is very much, uh, Miami International Airport is, first of all, it's an enormous airport. Uh, it's a little different than a lot of other airports, too, because it's it's very metropolitan. You can yeah. see the Miami skyline from the the airport. You're very close to the city. If you draw a circle around Miami Airport of, I don't know, maybe a circumference of 10, 20 miles, you're not going to find an apartment for less than 1400 bucks a month yeah. on uh, just in that circle anywhere yeah. almost yeah and uh it, it's it's an expensive place to live listen we have airport workers who actually spend the night in the airport because they can't actually afford a place to live right so it's working poor bayfront park also in the heart of district five right in the center of downtown we have construction workers that are working on construction construction generally is a pretty high paying job relatively speaking they still are, some of them are sleeping in Bayfront Park. So yeah. we're out of whack here. Um, there's so many great things about Miami, obviously, obviously, otherwise you wouldn't live here, I wouldn't live here. <laughs> but um, we have an economy that works for some of us and not all of us. And that's got to over time change. And um, if people select different types of public servants, maybe we can make that change. So. Yeah, you're talking about priorities, and that is something I wanted to talk to you about because in my, gosh, almost 13 years living here, it feels like priorities are have changed, maybe not, definitely not always for the better in, in, in terms of what we value, what it is that we, uh, okay, so I look at one of the big points for your campaign is obviously going to be able to, you're going to be able to look at one of the biggest public sector mistakes that we've made in Miami in recent memory of the, 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 the perennially empty Miami Marlins stadium that the taxpayers are on the hook to the tune of, I think, $2.4 billion. Oh, good Lord. Every in, time I think about that, I, it just, my blood pressure goes up. <laughs> and we've got some other, you know, controversial items coming down the road. We have what's going to be maybe the largest mall ever built uh, in the northwestern section of the of the county. We have Amazon, who has, still has us on their short list, but is definitely going to want a lot of goodies to bring those, you know, relatively slightly higher than higher than average paying jobs, yeah. but also a lot of. I mean, we know what 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 Amazon's labor labor background is, right? Yeah. So we have all of these pending potential mistakes that we have in front of us if they're not navigated very carefully and from the commission seat that's an area where you can actually make some hay and actually make some difference in people's lives i think well both of these big projects um well the mall forget about it. it's going to be or it's the way they approve that is not going to turn out well um amazon we can create what that means for this county 
we know that when companies like Amazon come in, um, it could be a really great boon for us, right? We could have diversification in jobs, higher paying jobs. We also know that it drives the cost of housing up because we've seen that, you know, we can learn the lessons of other cities. So theoretically, the city of Miami and the county can prepare for that by making sure that all new developments that are occurring around the Amazon headquarters include workforce housing. And we don't have mandatory zoning for that. We don't have the right kind of incentives to build that. And so we can prepare for that properly, right? Um, so the Amazon question, we can. there are a hundred examples from where they are. We just have to look at them, anticipate what the changes will be and address them in advance versus let them happen to us. The mall, it just makes me so sad. Um, essentially, we got a mall that's going to increase traffic <laughs> and going to impoverish people. Like you I, know, that, I would that, love that, that super future-looking thing that, that 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 whole concept right. that's doing really well nationally right now. Malls, malls. they're kicking so across. Imagine <laughs> having a commission with a different vision, right? What you and I would be talking about. I would instead of being negative, I would be saying, "Guess what, guys." We just approved the most transformative family entertainment complex in the world. Here's why. It's going to provide amazingly interesting things for people to do inside. That place is going to be using half of its energy is going to be coming from renewable, renewable energy. We are going to be recycling a quarter of the water that the place uses through gray water recycling so that we're minimizing the water usage on the Everglades. We are going to be getting there on public transportation and every person that works there is going to be making a living wage. We as a county are transforming what it means to develop our county. And you guys would be proud and we'd be in every newspaper in the world as being a visionary place that when we create big projects like this, we are doing them differently. Instead, we have a mall. We have no public transportation other than a couple of buses. We have not agreed to a living wage, no gray water recycling, no water savings mechanisms, and no clean energy. So it's kind of crappy, in my opinion. Yeah. So instead of being my proud, I'm embarrassed again. Like it's that hashtag Florida man and this type hashtag, you know, Florida local government. So <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, we, we, we could have done so that that should have been something we are proud of, not something that is just going to be a traffic nightmare and um, creating tens of thousands of low wage workers. Right. Good construction jobs, by the way, during its during construction, we'll have nice high paying jobs. But the long term jobs in that place are going to be very low wage jobs. Yeah, it's ephemeral. It's it's in the moment, and Correct. I, I just I, I think about my time when I was a, a sports reporter at the at the Miami Herald, and the I was still new to Miami, so I didn't really understand how the, how how everything worked. But it was it was funny because it felt like there was this era of this air of inevitability, um, this sort of gravity where a Doug Hanks story would come out and it would say the you know the county's going to be uh, the taxpayers are going to be on the hook for maybe sixty million dollars of the garage and then a month later it turns into one hundred twenty million dollars of two garages and then it's just sort of kind of keeps ballooning and ballooning and you feel this uh you know like the door is open and the breeze of uh 
of people just kind of getting their beaks wet is just blowing it wide open. And um, I, I think that that's really the reason that we need new people. I mean, that is the reason why, because it's going to both projects like this could very easily follow the same tune. We do have a lot of money down here, but the people don't. It's a rich tax base, Correct. but nobody's enjoying. There's very they, you know. few of us that are doing well. And, um, and we've just got local leadership that is intent on creating eight, 10, $12 an hour jobs and is, um, and is, you know, letting these major developers who are going to ask for, for our money. And let me tell you, if I'm up there, I'm voting against it. You want to build a crappy mall that's unenvironmental and doesn't pay a living wage, you pay for it. <laughs> I am not giving <laughs> yeah. a dollar. You've got the money. taxpayer dollars, you know, it's, I'm paying, you know, this is what's insane, right? We have Marlin Stadium. I think what last week, 6,300 people were in Marlin Stadium, which we're still paying $2.4 billion for. Meanwhile, oh, woe is me. We have no money for transit. Well, that's because it's sitting in a baseball stadium with 6,300 yeah. people in attendance. Meanwhile, uh, we could have had 100,000 people moving on public transit. We could have had every one of our seawalls built to protect ourselves from climate change. So it, it's this, it's fancy to be around big construction projects, um, but they, private sector benefits the private sector and we need them. And that's their job, right, is to make money. But it can't be um, with our tax dollars and impoverishing our workers. If it's county land, we can control the um, wage. Right. We're not you yeah. know, stuck the with use. what our governor yeah. is, has given us um, and the legislature with 825. We can state that can't state it everywhere, but we should not, not, not be giving our tax dollars to um, so-called sports stadiums that are going to revitalize things. We, we've proven we don't know how to do that here. Right. And it's funny because, I mean, 2008, I think, is when they actually broke ground and by then, there were plenty of case studies. People knew that these things were white elephants, that they didn't actually yield the results that they that they portended to or that they, that they claimed to. And it, like I said before, it just felt like there was this inevitable gravity that was leading towards it and there was nothing that was going to stop it, um, you know, except for better leadership. I want to shift gears a yeah. little bit because one of the things you're talking about, um, trying to subsist and live on that in a, in a very... Miami's a great place to, to have money. It's a terrible place to not have money. And and trying to live on you know minimum wage or even $10 an hour, there's real sinister side effects to that. And one of them is disengagement from public life. You are hustling to live. You're hustling to get your kid where they need to go and to get to your job that you don't have any sick days or time off for. Uh, or any kind of protection or insurance or things like that or benefits uh, to, to make sure that you just don't get fired and that you can keep your job. And the probably the most sinister, insidious way that that uh, that that reflects itself is in voter turnout. Yeah. The and 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 I wanted to get your thoughts on. I mean, you're doing such a great job of getting people energized, and especially those kind of people, those people who are maybe trapped in that rut of not being able to take a Tuesday off in the middle of um, June to to let their voice be heard. I mean, what are your thoughts on how low voter turnout has been 
in these non-presidential years in Miami and how we can kind of get people hyped and get people out. To so the part of it is we have to run different candidates, right? And I, and I, I, I guess I am one of those different kinds of candidates. I'm, I'm running cause I live in this district. I don't think things are working very well. So people say, are you excited about being commissioner? I'm like, no, I actually live a really happy nice life. Now I'm going to become this person <laughs> who's in public that people recognize on the bus and, everything I say is, is going to be analyzed to the end. But, but if we don't run, people like you, people like me don't run, we get them. And sometimes the people that run are just fine. But other times, they really are interested in power over service. So, so in this case, by the way, we had for a special election that the county commission decided to sort of rig. Um, we, they, they gave us, I guess, 40 days for the election. We had pretty good turnout around 13%. If you consider that, you know, that meant we, you know, I had to spend time informing people that yes, 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 you please can vote and you please, you have an option and there is someone different um, who's going to try, right? <laughs> um, who's going to try. And, um, yeah. but I met a gentleman um, very well educated, like not a person that you would ever think would, would not vote in in um very involved in the little havana community he goes i've stopped voting in local elections he says they don't matter our local government is so bad and the choices are so bad i've never i just don't vote in them and he goes but then i met you and i suddenly realized that local government can be impactful if we begin to have um, practical public servants, right? I mean, you know, versus starry-eyed. I'm pretty practical. I'm one of these mechanical engineering types. So, um, and he voted, right? Um, he said he voted for me. I presume he did, but <laughs> take him at his word. But I take people at his word. But but he voted, and and whether people vote for me or whether they vote for someone else. If we want attention on local issues, we have to hold these people accountable. And one way we hold them accountable is with our vote. We give it or we withdraw it um, if they don't um, if they don't perform and, and give us the local services uh, we we deserve. But turnout is low. It sucks. Um, I don't know a nicer way of saying that because yeah. um, there are lots of people who are registered voters who who should be making a choice, whether it's for me or someone else, um, these local elections impact us more. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've given up on Washington, holy mackerel, as my grandmother would say, um, <laughs> so she could avoid cursing. Um, but what we have spend so much time figuring out who's going to be our congressman and who's going to be our senator. And I'm not positive. I these days there's such dysfunction. How are they affecting our daily life? Well, how is my garbage being picked up? How is my neighbor getting a living wage? How am I making sure that their um, kids are getting to school reliably on on a bus or on a metro rail? Some of our high schools are metro rail accessible. How am I making sure that they get to work so that they don't get fired? Those are things that local government impacts in Miami how are we protecting us from from rising seas right how are we doing this stuff and we can make a real difference there are local communities in the United States of America that have transformed themselves in a period of 20 years because they've had visionary local leadership 
And, um, and we have, by the way, we do have, you know that as well as I do in Miami, we have some great local leaders who are visionaries. Um, we just need to give them some more backup, right? <laughs> so that when the commission votes, the commission votes for vision um, rather than for kind of status quo and special interests. So I, I do think we have got to vote in off-year elections, but for May, a 13% voter turnout election is pretty dang good. Um, I'm, I wish it were more, uh, but, um, you know, I can't make someone vote. People seem to be, people seem to be getting, uh, getting excited about this one. I know it's, it's kind of a one-off and, and that's good. My, um, and, 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 and again, I, I really attribute a lot of the messaging that you've been doing and, um, sort of a lot of the attention that your campaign has been getting to, uh, kind of pulling, pulling it out of the, uh, the, the the low five figure turnout type of uh, of elections, but um, with respect for your time, I have one final sure. question for you. And your your uh, <laughs> your your campaign branding was has become very organic because yes. you are campaigning <laughs> in a, in an overwhelmingly Hispanic area, yes. and uh, you have you have become you, to, you've come to wear the moniker of La Gringa, yes. and in, 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 but in a very positive way. So my question for you is. I want to hear some of the funniest ways that your future constituents have pronounced your last name oh, when they've met it's you. It's not my last name that confuses them. They kind of can get that. But my first uh -huh. name just missed your the first name. Really? It's e I it's spelled the Gaelic way. Thanks, mom. Um E I L E E N. They have no idea what to do with it. Irene. And in Spanish, it's just un, it's just uninterpretable. So then you say, oh, just call me Elena, you know, because that's what everyone called me. When I lived in Central America, I lived yeah. in Mexico. Everybody called me Elena because Eileen was just as bad there. So as we've been knocking on doors, one of my really good friends has been knocking on doors for me in Little Havana. She goes, I have just given up. It is ridiculous trying to explain your name. So they just, they just basically say, no importa el nombre, vote por la gringa, ella está con nosotros. So it's just vote for the gringa. She's the only one on the ballot. You won't understand her name. She's the one to vote for. So it's hilarious. So a couple of days before the election, Univision came to interview me and I thought, okay, well, they'll get it right. No, there I am on the evening news. My name is mispronounced and misspelled. So they came the night that I got the most votes, not enough to avoid a runoff, but still I, I came out the winner of the evening and they were so funny. They came and they said, does it hurt your feelings that we call you La Gringa? And I, they said, because even we can't pronounce your name in the news media. I'm like, it doesn't hurt my feelings because no one is saying it out of malice, right? It's, um, but so it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, all, it's become, it's, all love. it's, yeah, it's exactly. hilarious and it is true. I actually am a gringa and, uh, so there's, there's no false advertising there. Um, but it's, it's been fun. And so, uh, but that people have just given up. They just, it's, it's okay. We can't say that name. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so voters, if you are in District Five, if you're within the sound of my voice, you can follow Eileen at Eyes on My World. Donate to her campaign at EileenHiggins.com. Um, you can also take part. I think that you can you can tell people how to take part in a, a postcard mailing campaign. But most importantly, if you live in District Five, vote vote for her on June 19th. It's crunch time. Turnout is low. And there's way too much at stake for turnout to be low. What what else can people do, Eileen? So obviously voting is the most important thing. And telling others that live in District 5 um, that they have an option. Early voting starts on Saturday, runs for 10 days. 
uh, the county does actually a really good job with making sure we have a, a lot of days for early voting. Um, but that's the main thing. If anyone really um, likes to spend their doors, getting people like their weekends, spending, uh, getting people like me elected, they can just go to our website, EileenHiggins.com and, and shoot us an email. And we'll set you up to knock on a few doors this Saturday and Sunday or else next Saturday and Sunday. Uh, but really, the most important thing you can do is tell everyone you know who lives in Miami Beach, downtown Brickell, Shenandoah, the roads, and Little Havana that there's an election. Because if we vote, we win. And if we don't vote, we, we well, we get the past, right? We, you know, we, 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 more of the same. we get more of the same, right? So it's, mm -hmm. It's, it's probably not a super tragedy, but, but you know, I, I don't know about you, but our county needs um, to be on a different track. And if we want to get on a different track, um, we, need, we may need a, a different person driving the car. So. Well, that's a good place to end it. Thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate well, great. it. We, we both okay. appreciate it. All right. Well, yeah, just in so case, Eileen Higgins, that's how you say it, or La Gringa, depending. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, we just got done with our interview with Eileen Higgins. Really good stuff. Uh, again, vote for Eileen in uh, the upcoming District 5 election. And um, along with having to cover more politics in the coming uh, months, I think there's a big area that we've missed out on, Dave, and that we're derelict in our duties, and that is um, the meme game. And yes, we have absolutely. barely talked about any of the memes. We're doing a terrible job of, of covering them. Um, so... With that in mind, we wanted to borrow from one of our favorite podcasts. I'm just kidding. We don't listen to this podcast. But uh, 538, uh, Nate Silver, his podcast has a good use of polling, bad use of polling, which um, is a feature that they do pretty regularly to get to the heart of some sort of survey or data set and figure out if it actually is saying what it claims to say, which sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, whatever. It's kind of interesting if you're a nerd. But Instead, what we're doing is uh, good use of memes, bad use of memes. And that's this is going to be our recurring segment, but we're not, frankly, qualified to do this on our own. So we brought in an actual, legit, real-life expert. So joining us on this segment will be someone who's, um, whose sort of uh, dank radar is, is indisputable when it comes to the topic of memes. Um, a friend of the pod, Will Hines, a.k.a. Knox Prime, a.k.a. The Pretty Petty. Welcome, Will. You know, it's a travesty that y'all just now getting around the meme memory. You know what I mean? This is this is yeah. this is this is unforgivable almost. This is Clint Eastwood Westerns, man. This is horrid. <laughs> now, the funny thing the funny thing about Will as as I as I kind of get people get like kind of break them in here, it's that Will is counterculture in that he has the strong meme game on Facebook and not so much on Twitter. So to me, I always know that when I go to Facebook, it's not just going to be like my older relatives complaining about things. I'm also going to get to see some of Will's posts, which is nice. You know, it's like in between, you know, my like conservative uncles and shit like that. I'll actually add, and all the weird fucking conservative people that Jewish Dave knows who are always like calling him out uh, on, on his, I also get to see whatever it is that Will is up to, whatever he's posting. sick of these people. I'm like a breath of fresh marijuana smoke exhalation. 
I'm a typical AF is what you're dealing with here. Okay, I only I only pass around the finest memories, the, the dankest of memes. That's it. That's it. Now, are, are you are you at liberty for everybody out there to um you I mean you guys you, anybody can f- find find Will I guess on Facebook or on Twitter he's uh Noximus at Noximus on um or no at Pretty Petty on Twitter, right yeah on Twitter yeah yeah Pretty Petty on Twitter at Noximus on Instagram and just plain old Will Hines on Facebook and most of my stuff is most of my memes go public so yeah you you know if you're into that I got some for you. So when you're a curator like you, can you um, reveal your sources, like where they come from, or is it that you have to drive the people to your to, to your shop? No, so that- you know what, man. What you know, once you're once you're down with the meme team, man, it's like we are legion. You know, they just find your way. They find their way to you. You know, it's not like I send out a bat signal or a meme signal or something. It's just cats already know I'm gonna know. You know, some some. I mean, shout out to my boy L Smith. He's the one that put me in the meme game hardcore, but. You know, once once your meme beacon is out and they know that you're a safe house for for dank memory, it, it just finds its way to you, and then you got to sort through it and figure out what's 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 most appropriate for uh, how you're trying to portray yourself in the meme game. You know, some stuff I pass on, but most stuff I don't. I just throw it out there because it's you got to stay. You got to stay on topic, stay on brand. Uh, yeah, you know, you know, current events are always good. You know, I, I try to catch like the the wave, try to catch the hot ones for the month. You know. You can tell when something's gonna blow, and I just try to stay on top of those ones mainly, and just keep them coming. I try to try to beat everybody to the punch on those, at least on my timeline. <laughs> yeah, and you always do because you're you're always breaking the new ones to me, and um, I, I like wow. I, all the, all the good ones are are you know, and you're and to be beating out my Twitter time my Twitter timeline because my Twitter timeline is pretty fucking tight. And to be Jewish beating out Noah, I got the weirdest fucking Twitter timeline, and I send Jewish Dave oh, screenshots man. of the weirdest shit on the planet. And um, and yeah, you're you're always uh, first to the finish line. Uh, oh, so well, I'm flattered. <laughs> with that said, let's jump in with the very with the very first one. Dave, why don't you read us into what the first what the first uh, meme is? Well, a meme's a meme, a meme's a meme, but a meme don't know what's mean. What think it means? It is a good use of a meme and a bad use of a meme, and that's gonna tell you what the fuck you don't see. Cause a meme's a meme, a meme's a meme. I, I like that you're having me read us in because this is a sports related one. I'm assuming uh, that you know how to read, which is a big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's the LeBron James, J.R. Smith, NBA Finals meme. Uh, LeBron James, NBA Finals reaction refers to a series of images of American professional basketball player LeBron James with his arms stretched to the side and speaking to teammate J.R. Smith with great emotion. Online, James' reaction, which seemed to express disappointment with Smith's performance during the game, <laughs> has been used to convey frustration with a supposedly obvious mistake. So... Well, what what do you like about this meme? What do you not like about this meme? You know, there's nothing not to like about this meme. I mean, this shit writes itself. I mean, it doesn't get any better than this. I mean, if you if you just even caught the the highlight of, of how this meme even came to be, God, the context alone is just and you can throw anything on it. I've I've seen you know it's gotten to the point where it's gotten reversed. It's gotten reversed to where you're not even J.R. Smith anymore. You're you're LeBron. I seen one where LeBron <laughs> it says me on LeBron inside of his hands. It says the, your five other coworkers who don't do shit all day, and then J.R. is my dumbass boss. 
not even looking at you <laughs> as you're complaining about the other motherfuckers whose job you're probably doing. I mean, it's 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 it's, it's, it's hitting critical mass real quick. This is this is this is a great one. This one got some legs. This one's gonna have this some gonna, legs. This one could be the meme of the this, summer. This, this, summer? This, this, you, you know what? You're gonna see these at the Super Bowl. Mark my word. Mark my word. Somebody's gonna do something stupid, and this is gonna be the go-to forevermore. It is one of the ones. I mean, the look on his face is priceless. You can't, you can't, you can't, you cannot replicate. You can't buy a better, a better picture than that. It's, this one's gonna go long. This one's gonna go long. I'm, I'm it predicting is, that right it now. It is one of the ones where, where the construct is so simple that it lends itself to reinvention. So it can yeah. become you. You kind of step through the looking glass, and Will's right. At some point. <laughs> It's like where where do you even find yourself in the meme? These are it, it's just universal truth staring back at you, and you don't even know what the fuck is happening anymore. It's it's oh, like, yeah. it's pretty dead on. <laughs> I was gonna say I like I like when um when when like kind of two memes combine sometimes, and I saw one of this uh, where LeBron is uh, Kratos from God of War. Uh, with the axe on his back, and he's saying "boy" to the, uh, <laughs> the other guy. It's like, right. you know, get, getting the boy meme combined with this, I think, is like, you know. Oh, you're trouble. gonna see a whole bunch of combinations. There, there, there's the change my mind one. That's my current cover photo. That's my current favorite. God, that one's great. They <laughs> yeah. put a picture oh, yeah. of <laughs> so, the We're up by. We're up by one. The lead. You know, it says we have the lead. Change my mind. And then you superimpose a picture of LeBron in the foreground with that face. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just, I'm trying to change your mind. I'm trying. Where are you going? Where are you going? <laughs> oh my god, I'm crying. This is the this best is one. No, but the best one I got to give credit to you, Will, is the one that is the one that you posted where somebody cracked out, cracked out Adobe Premiere and After Effects, and put J.R. Smith running off the court. Running directly into the liquor store, into the liquor store, right? Yeah, <laughs> and walking oh. around with a bottle of hand in his hand. <laughs> LeBron was right. like, what are you I mean, doing? that's kind of gray area. I mean, that's technically a GIF. I don't know. What yeah, it's GIF technically a GIF. It comes yeah. in. A... <laughs> I'm so, gonna but, allow yeah, it. definitely, definitely the best GIF meme of it all. Yeah, that it doesn't get any better than that. That and the, <laughs> and they, and they caught a perfect snapshot of him kind of ambling. And it, and it looked like he's looking, and the way they got it, it's like he's looking dead on at the how the Hennessy's on for sale. Like he looked dead yeah. on back at the for sale side. I'm like, oh yeah, like this is yeah. He looks back. This is what it's all about. This is why I'm here. Yeah, I'm not the sale. <laughs> and then he's like looking for the. He's looking for a cashier. He's, he's no actually he the best. Right, that was all good, but honestly, for me, the best part. If you have the audio on, the best part is. The buzzer doesn't even go off until he's broken the threshold of the liquor store. <laughs> okay? Which means the game wasn't over. The game wasn't over. Halfway the <laughs> like, like, he was already there when the buzzer went off back at the st- at the fucking wherever, the, the base basketball court. That's the best part to me. It's, so, it's such a nice subtlety. Like, if you watch it again, watch the buzzer doesn't go off until he's dead in the store. It doesn't so, get think- any better than that. Kudos think, to that guy for the for the audio effect. He needs to get an Oscar for for sound sound design or something. That was great. That was great. You know, I mean, you really got to be into in some audio. To, you got to be audio fired to just pack up catch on those little details. That's that's talent. 
Yeah, that's that, real sound yeah. editing. That's engineering right there. That's really good that engineering, is, man. <laughs> and it's just subtle. It's so. I mean, if, if you don't like it, like a lot of people watch these things. They're at work. They don't even turn the sound on. So you totally miss the best part. I mean, the whole thing is good. And you're laughing. Yeah. But the best part is that buzzer going off. Buzzer going off as he hits the plane at the the door. If if any of y'all missed that part, please watch it again. I'm going to have to rewatch it with the sound on because I haven't watched it. Oh, my God. You know, you're going to laugh like it's the first time you've seen it all over again. It's the best thing. God. I'm going to watch it again after this. Speaking of, you know, I'm going to jump one. And we'll, we'll do number three as number two because that's a really good segue into number three. Uh on the opposite end of, 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 I think we're all in agreement on number one. Yes, good use of memeing. This is this this is mm-hmm. an instant classic. So uh, oh, jumping, yeah, jumping down to that's number like meme one hundred and one. Anybody anybody could have caught that one. Oh yeah. <laughs> this one is um this one is a little different. Like you say, it kind of breaks format. It's not visual. It's an audio meme, um, and it's the Yanni Laurel meme. And I wanted to bring this up because holy shit, man! All I can say is don't go looking at the more recent ones and trying to like play it out loud for people because, spoiler alert, people aren't saying Yanny or Laurel on the recording. They're saying right, so- right. They got, they got the damn porn yowling and howling and Pornhub audio bits now. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, yeah they're taking that and totally refabricated it. It's a mess now. It's a hot mess out there. It's like... It's like back in the day when you're uh, you're on LimeWire and you think you get a new Eminem album. Nope, you just get malware. You know what no, I mean? It's just... Or you get a Goatsy. You remember Goatsy? <laughs> you get a Goatsy. Oh God! Or, or or you're getting Rickrolled. You know, Rickrolled. it's pretty much pretty much the Yanni Laurel thing has been a Rickrolled. Pornhub. Dave, Rickrolled. read us in. Tell us tell is... us what tell us what the Yanni Laurel thing is. Give us a read. Yeah, Yanni Laurel refers to uh, this debate surrounding an audio clip of a voice saying a word. Some people claim they can hear the word Yanni and others the word Laurel. Uh, it's kind of like the uh, the dress situation with the, what was it, gold and blue and uh, yellow and black or something like that, uh, where everybody saw something different. You know, unlike the dress, because I'm, I was born optically challenged. I've worn glasses all my life. You know what I'm saying? Uh, fun fact, I have been known i've been told i have the golden ear a golden ear when it comes to audio engineering and whatnot so i always heard laurel it was never a thing i was like the people crazy to heard john I, I don't even know what they're talking about so i was like i can't even relate like with the kanye face like it's just i don't even i i, I get it but i don't get it because i i never heard nothing but laurel i don't even know i also only heard from. laurel even on those videos where they tried to uh you know like scientifically break it down and everything it was still laurel the whole time so it's like all I was yours were garbage, so that's probably you know all I got out of the Maybe Laurel Yanni asshole. mix. <laughs> all I got out of the, the Laurel Yanni thing the most, and actually, actually, I might use this going forward. You know, this is great. Here's what I'm going to do going forward. Uh, sh- should I t- put my toe back in a uh, uh, audio engineering or producing or whatever? Anyone, <laughs> yeah, or, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna be like, hey, what are you here? If they hear Yanni, they are not going to reference my mix. I promise you that. <laughs> mm, I'm not going to take their word for shit. They're like, oh, yeah, you should, those highs are great. Man. No, you get the fuck out. Yeah, how do you know? Your ears worth shit. Right? <laughs> you, heard, you heard Yanni. Why don't you, you go listen Yanni. to Yanni the Acropolis? Why don't you take your ass to Greece? Why don't you do that? Huh? Go, listen, go, go, go get some Yanni in your life. You go do that. I'm going to sit here and laurel this mix up because I can't, I can't, I can't with you. 
This yeah, mother- so all I did was this do- motherfucker over here talking about my drum kit, and he's hearing Yanni. The fuck is he? Who does right. he think he is? Right. You know, I can't even trust you at all. For all I, you could be hearing Mickey Mouse. For all I fucking know, I'm, mm. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Nope. Um. Be, just just by virtue of me trying to play this one at work, and um, and and it like having to scroll through about fifty of them to actually find one that wasn't a like a. Either a like, <laughs> pornography or a racial slur or some horrible other fucking thing. Yeah, like uh, this, this, this whole, this whole. Yeah, this, this is one of those ones where if you didn't catch it early, you're you're just kind of fucked. You gotta, yeah. you you gotta sift through the sea of 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 fakeness of of <laughs> shock values because it, they've already went in and modified it all. Yeah, you had to catch this one from the jump. Some, should some, you have to listen, uh, Will? Should you have to listen to a meme, or should memes be purely visible? Visual? I was just going to ask the same thing. Memes Seriously. itself are purely, purely visual. It's just you know, some, if you got a, a GIF going, then audio may come into play depending on how they decide to go with it or, or if what's going on. But if it's a static meme, then it's 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 purely visual. You know, even, even deaf people can fully enjoy 100 percent of meme. Without I think, a, I think a meme should be uh, should be image based um, because sometimes you don't want to have sound on your phone. You know, you just want to scroll through and see some shit. You know. Well, okay. right, and and you most memes are. It's just you know if you get into yeah. gifs or or it's you know it's it's a motion picture, it's moving. That's where you get into the audio aspects of it. You know, they did a vi- they did a visual version of Yanni Laurel where y- you can't tell. Um, the, it's 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 written in cursive, and it could be either one. It actually. Oh, you 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 mean you can't tell? That's what you meant. Yeah, to right. Say. No, you can't tell. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, I don't know. I mean, like nah, they don't teach, man, they don't teach kids in uh, they don't teach kids the it's cursive in 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 school anymore. Like it could be. It's all everything's open you, interpretation. I'm not here to read it. I'm here to hear it. I'm not reading Yanni and Laura. Right. I'm I'm not on board for this meme. How about you guys? Eh, I got to give it the thumbs what, the, down myself. What the Yanni yeah. Laurel? Was that we talking about? Yeah, good. Yeah, is yeah. this a good use of meme or bad use of meme? Uh, it, it's good for shock value if you're into that kind of thing. It, it's not the kind of thing I would I would post. You know, it, it's yeah. definitely out, out of my 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 uh, scope of meme practice. You know what I mean? But um, okay. I get why they do it, and I'm sure for the pranksters and the the shock valuers and the the people that are trying to make money off of YouTube or something by any means necessary or something like that, you know, I, I get it. But ultimately, yeah, it's it's not my cup of tea. Yeah. So I mean I, I personally give it a thumbs down, but I can I can see I can see why I can be you a see thing. the appeal. You know, I can yeah. see why. I, I yeah, I, I I can see the niche appeal of it. Yes, the niche appeal. Yeah, I get it, but I don't get it. I don't I don't like it. Not my <laughs> All right, and uh, so finally, we'll, we'll, I think we're going to end on a, on, a, on a slightly better note than that. Um, Dave, what's our Man, last one? I love this one. I love oh, yeah. this. Uh, is this a pigeon meme? Uh, it's a memorable quote oh, sent by the protagonist character from the 1990s Japanese anime TV series, The Brave Fighter, Sun Fibered, in a scene wherein the humanoid character erroneously identifies a butterfly as a pigeon. On Tumblr, the quote, along with the reaction image of the scene featuring the English translated subtitle, is widely used to express utter confusion. Man, this one got legs too. You're gonna yeah, see this so one for good. a while. This one, this one, really this good. one is so good. It's so good. It just gets better every day. It gets better every day. 
you know, and I'm an anime head, so I, it really speaks to yeah, me. Yeah, I, I thought just... that this must have hit a special chord for you because I know you're, oh, yeah. you're really into anime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this one, this is near and dear to my heart. It's, I, I seen one. I think I posted it. I'm sure I did. It was, uh, what is it? The the character, it said uh, black parents. The, the butterfly said mental illness. And the Yo. bottom said, is this the devil? <laughs> <laughs> Look, let me tell you. I saw that one. You could replace you could replace Black Parent with Abuelo or Abuela, and it's the same thing, man. Same thing. <laughs> like, no, I'm serious. I'm but seriously, when I was a kid, like my like my auntie had put it in my mom's head that like me liking video games, like the video games were working the devil, like for real. So I really hollered when I saw that one. That was <laughs> that one really was near and dear to my heart. I've been I've been there. I've been there for that one. <laughs> so it wasn't mental There's illness. I have, to, I have to put me love for video games. Is that the devil? That'd be the one I'd make. Yeah, this one. Um, this one has been been good for me too. I, I, I've the best ones I've seen have been on Twitter, and they've been sort of kind of in my in my wheelhouse of like leftist politics and. Um, yeah, that's a, what I was gonna say. A, a lot of a lot of leftist stuff. Uh, yeah, making fun of centrist. Uh, yeah, Democrats. I can see where I haven't seen a lot of the political ones, but I could. I definitely could see how it could lend itself very well for political statements. Definitely. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Just thinking was, about it, it's cracking me up. It'll be like they'll they'll be dropping off like um the the the, the pigeon will be the 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 um butterfly. the butterfly the butterfly will be uh, like Obamacare and it'll list like uh all of the concessions that Obamacare had to make to the insurance industry and then at the end mm-hmm. the, the subtitle is like oh is this Medicare for all or something like that and it's like <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of there's a lot of uses man. it's a really good one it's um yeah it's, it's up there so all all together are you you in or out on this one Will oh I'm all in on this one this one you're gonna see this one for a while it's it- this will be one of those ones that kind of die out, and then something will happen, and it'll be right back like it never left. These, well, it's done that. It's done that once. It it first came up in like I think 2010. It was it was up for in 2010, oh, yeah. and it came back, and now it's coming back strong. Well, yeah, I mean, since the source materials from the 90s, yeah, I'm not surprised by that. So, I mean, yeah, so it's gonna have its little day in the sun, and it'll probably pop back up in another couple years. I, you'll see it, especially when we head into the presidential elections. Like, well, I promise you. I promise oh, you, yeah. you're gonna see it everywhere. It's it's, it's gonna have a resurgence. That and yeah. that LeBron one, you're gonna see that in the presidential. Cycle. Oh yeah, <laughs> that, the, the LeBron one is gonna, gonna be... follow him until his Hall of Fame speech, and after probably. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna be on my deathbed laughing at, at this damn meme, this LeBron and J.R. Smith thing. Poor J.R. Smith has been immortalized. He never gets into the Hall of Fame. He made the meme Hall of Fame, that's for sure. He's he's been immortalized. He's, he's, it's not gonna go away. J.R. Smith is always gonna be the poster okay. boy of of oh no, baby, what is you doing? <laughs> hands hands down. But you guys know hey, you, you guys know that J.R. that J.R. Smith sent the greatest tweet in the history of Twitter, right? You heard you remember this? What was that? So this was what back was in two thousand nine when Twitter first came out, and J.R. Smith was one of the many people who did not did not understand how it worked and a girl just wrote at a girl like some cute girl just wrote at jr smith looking so good on my television right now and he <laughs> replied to her it was like what's up baby you trying to get that pipe <laughs> but he thought it was a dm he thought it was a direct oh my god he, he just 
shit like straight up. He probably had his eyes like 90% closed with his eyebrows yep. up like he does. Dude. Good lord. Shout out to the guys that run the um the uh, a podcast about the NBA called the NBA Pipecast because it's based off of that tweet. It's a, Pipecast. It's a really Ooh, it's a really good show. All right, so that's Man, it. Our first know. edition of uh, our first edition of 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 uh, good use of memes, ba- uh, good use of memeing, bad use of memeing, um, made infinitely better by our guest uh, Will Hines. Will, thank you for for blessing us with this uh, meme knowledge. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. Glad I could help. Yeah, we're, we're, def- we're definitely going to have you back again to do this again. Well, this is uh, a regular we're thing. Gonna, we're not yeah, going to lapse. Gonna get, right. We're going to have gonna another three. Yeah. yeah, we're going to get another three not... memes, and then uh, and then we're going to do it all over again. This is going to be a, a monthly thing, yeah, for sure. We're going to be counting well, then, down the memes. Well, I, what, what we should then do is probably like, uh, maybe towards like the end of the month, we get a like because that gives us a chance to kind of figure out what the top three memes with like a top three memes yeah, of the month. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because Jr. did this on June. Jr. did his shenanigans on June first, so you know I'm sure he's gonna. Yeah, live that, all the way so that's a lock for June. Yeah. Oh, oh, this is gonna live for this is gonna live for infamy, man. This is this is this is timeless. It's timeless. He go, he go, he already hall. This is a Hall of Fame meme. It's good. The meme Hall of Fame works differently. This, this one's already been inducted. This was in, it's a classic from the jump. It's already yeah, in there. It's an instant classic. Yeah, exactly. It's like oh, when yeah, ESPN it's, it's will gonna do be the a gold classics. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like that. Man. Gold. Gold. Well, a meme's a meme. A meme's a meme. But a meme don't know what's mean. What you think it means. It does a good use of a meme and a bad use of a meme. And that's good to tell you all right so here we are love hate um dave take it away my friend take it away i've got love and i've got a hate i actually changed so my love um and you'll be hearing this you know plug time you'll be hearing this um piecing it together soon um my love is that last night i got to see two back-to-back good movies um i i went and saw upgrade which is uh, a really surprising out of nowhere uh action movie uh with some really cool original fight scenes uh some really cool futurist shit going on and uh it's basically not tom hardy starring in not venom is the best way to put this movie uh yeah the guy looks exactly like tom hardy who's going to be playing venom and it's about a guy who gets a chip implanted in him. So now he hears a voice in his head talking to him and telling him what to do. And stuff. wait, is it chip? Uh, so is it chip from the CIA, Dave? Yes. See, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> it's too easy. Leave that for, let's leave that for another time. Uh, but yeah, no, anyway, upgrade great flick. We're going to be uh, doing an episode this weekend on it. And, uh, and then best friends volume two, which I mentioned already, Although I, don't, I honestly don't remember if that was during the parts we were recording or not. <laughs> I'm supposed we, to. Go, uh... This this should get you. This should get you psyched up a little bit. Um, that okay. I'm actually going to go out to a movie on Friday. Um, oh shit! I'm what is go- it? I don't remember what it's called, but it's like um John. It's like a John Wick movie, but in a hospital for John Wick people. Wait. So the premise who's, is who's in it? I don't know. So the premise is that um, it, there are all these like John Wick type assassin, kick ass like criminals out there, wait, wait, and some wait, crazy is it Hotel situation happens. 
Hotel Artemis. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Yeah. I want to see that. Yeah. So I'm going to that on Friday. Um, nice. And yeah. It's not a superhero movie, but it's action. I will still go see action, general action in movie theaters. What I'm not ever probably going to do again is see Best Friends Volume 2 in a movie theater. Like, I'll never go see movies mm. like that again, probably in a movie theater, unless I go through unless another Unless it was phase. with me. Unless it's with you, yeah. <laughs> then yeah. I, I would, because we're best friends. Yeah. So, wait, tell me about Best Friends Volume 2. There were two volumes to the Tommy Wiseau. Uh, <laughs> yeah. jo- jo- uh, what's his name? Greg Sargent? What's his name again? Greg Sestero. Greg, Greg Sestero. Sestero. The Greg yeah. Sestero Tommy Wiseau vehicle best friends had a volume two was it a, a second movie a sequel like what yeah i mean at this point at this point there's no more spoiler to the fact that it was a huge surprise when it turned out it was going to be a part two um because when they premiered the first one it, it, there was nothing about it being a two-parter and then all of a sudden at the end it said best friends part two is coming in just a few months you know and everybody Brilliant. lost their shit yeah Brilliant. um so we get into it on, on the episode that just went up, like right before we started recording this. But honestly, I kind of think that they just had about 30 minutes left of footage and we're yeah. like, let's just shoot another hour and turn it into a second turn movie. Into a movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's totally different from the first one. Whereas the first one is a surprisingly great, the room follow-up that's like, honestly, almost as insane and ridiculous and funny this one is like really weird. It's like very much like a Coen Brothers movie or something. Um, it still has a lot of weirdness to it, like like Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero would, but um, it's a lot more serious, but in a ridiculous, I mean, weird way. Okay, so. but there's no way that those two, well, specifically Tommy Wiseau, I never got the idea that Greg Sestero was like a creative force behind anything, but um, right. there's there's no way that that. <laughs> That Tommy Wiseau is just like with how with what a cult hit he's become amongst the sort of like the 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 literati of of um, Hollywood comedy like the Scott Ackerman uh, Paul uh, Shear crowd that are I mean there's people probably helping him right like he's probably not uh, he's not just making things on his own he probably is getting help from auteurs and and professionals well, keep, and keep in really mind these. These movies are actually not him. The, these movies were written by Greg Sestero. He actually wrote these scripts and produced it. And then he found this guy, Justin McGregor, who's really done nothing else uh, to direct it. Um, so it, th- these are really you don't Greg think Sestero's he got help. I mean, like, you, do you really think like, I mean, if something is, I, I don't know. I haven't seen Best Friends. I'm, I'm sure. I'm I'm sure there there's some help. But r- what regardless I mean, whoever is behind this, really, they really did pull off a little bit of magic in the fact that it really speaks to Tommy's point, like Tommy's voice, you know, like you you would Women think that it would be, yeah, it would be an impossible thing. You'd end up making it too bad or not bad enough or not bad in the right ways. They really did make a movie that seems like another Tommy Wiseau movie, you know, which is... Pretty but amazing. has he gotten over has he gotten over his like hatred of women? Because I always thought that oh, was the fuck driving, no. I always fuck thought that no. was the driving factor of his um of of the room. The defining it's the same absurdity. story except for 
Yeah, it's the same story it's basically. Great. It's women women fucking over guys. Women are full of secrets and women, yeah, they're and they're bad secrets and you don't understand. Sometimes them. they're evil, sometimes they're stupid, sometimes they're just plain crazy. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, it, it's it was pretty great though. And it was a, f- a really fun episode uh which like I said just went up. So and we're working on getting uh, Greg Sestero to actually come on the show. Uh, I actually got in touch with someone from from the company, um, and they said that they might be able to make it happen. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but not until they finish, because actually this, the, even though it was in theaters, this is actually an unfinished cut. Um, they're going to be finishing it later this year before like a Blu-ray release. And so maybe before that, I might be able to make it happen. That would be incredible. That would be the biggest <laughs> kit that we've ever had. Oh, um, I'm going to push as hard as I can to make it happen. So my love for this week is wisdom coming from the unlikeliest places as one of the wisdom and its tendency to come from the unlikeliest places, which is the um, slightly tortured lead that the New York Times decided to put on this story. Uh, ben Bowling, valedictorian for of uh, Bell County High School in Pineville, Kentucky, made an inspirational appeal that left his graduating classmates and their parents dumbstruck. Um, It's graduation week. And so you know how it is. There's always like some weird stories coming out of that shit. There's always like somebody getting up on stage with like a a picture of Barack Obama and shooting it or something, you know, like there's always some weird graduation shit happening. And, And the world is only politics these days. It's only, you know, I, uh, it's only your position in the political sphere. Everything is viewed through that. So of course everything Mm -hmm. becomes about politics. Um, But I did like what this kid Ben Bowling did when he uh, as a valedictorian gave his speech said, this is the part of my speech where I share some inspirational quotes. And I, uh, I found on Google, he told his, the packed auditorium, the quote, don't just get involved, fight for your seat at the table. Better yet fight for a seat at the head of the table. Donald J. Trump. And the crowd burst into applause. President Trump is quite popular in Pineville and the surrounding areas, which is the heart of coal country. I'm so tired of hearing about coal country. Like, <laughs> fucking coal country, coal country. You got to be kidding me, coal country. <laughs> and overwhelmingly supported the president uh, in the 2016 election after he promised to bring coal jobs back to America. Mr. Bowling, though, wasn't finished. Uh, just kidding, he said. That was Barack Obama. <laughs> <laughs> i actually did see this yeah I, I did hear about that the cheering abruptly stopped the crowd went mostly silent there was one lone boo oh. <laughs> it was i don't know i like that i thought it was a good story i mean to be 18 and do that i like yeah it. i mean if, if an adult if somebody did that on like twitter or if somebody did that in a commencement speech even if somebody did that in like um you know a college commencement speech i would think it's lame but an 18-year-old kid doing it, for some reason, I, I like that. An 18-year-old That's kid in awesome. Kentucky, knowing that his knowing that he's surrounded by a bunch of rubes that were going <laughs> to fall for it, hook, line, and sinker, I really expect big things from that kid. He's going to probably run a very successful Ponzi scheme or something. <laughs> like I, I truly believe that. <laughs> <laughs> What do, what do you hate there, Otter Otter Nuts? Um, so yeah, I just switched my hate. I did. I wasn't gonna mention this, but I I figured it's a better one to uh to bring up. 
Uh, have you seen this whole thing about uh, the actress that was in the most recent Star Wars, uh, The Last Jedi, uh, the, the Asian actress, Kelly Marie Tran? And um, I haven't seen that movie yet. Okay, so... Yeah, but um, uh, I she, think she I know plays, what you're talking about. Yeah, she plays a character named Rose Tico, and um, the, all all these you know nerds, these fucking asshole nerds, they just constantly were just attacking her on Instagram and Twitter and all that, which is, is like misogynistic, the, like, the, racist comments. Is and, this the like the, like this isn't my like this ru- this ruins my perception or my yeah. memories of of star wars and shit like that yeah yeah all all because of uh one female asian character like that like how could that possibly be in a star wars movie um and yeah the the comments that she was getting just non-stop racist and misogynistic stuff and she had to go and delete her social media accounts because she couldn't take it anymore um and so yeah i mean the luck you know i one good thing is that the director actually you know took to twitter and and started calling them all out as being uh he called them man babies all all the star wars fans which is pretty great that one director yeah i know it's pretty great for the director of star wars to to talk back but yeah that's the thing when you're talking about trolls you kind of can't talk back to them like because it's just gonna it just feeds them and it just makes them worse you know um it's such such a disgusting culture you know and nerds are some of the worst of them um and yeah it's just it's just upsetting to see that kind of thing happen uh so yeah i mean that's can you explain to me though like what is the what is the gripe i mean it can't be as simple as like we didn't want them to introduce any other characters ever it has to be that we didn't want there to be a Korean character or like, or a woman character. What, what was the, what's the basis of, you of know, the... that, that's a good question. I don't know that there is any deeper reason behind it. Um, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I think they just don't like the character. I, <laughs> I don't know. Like, like, I think it's just a, a new character. That's part of the star Wars canon that they would prefer to have not existed in it. Um, and you know, whether or not that starts as, oh my God, we can't have a Asian woman in star Wars, or if it started with, it's such a stupid character and devolved into racist, misogynistic shit, uh, that I'm not sure about. Um, I don't know. It's, it's fucking unhealthy (laughs) no matter what it is. Um, there's just some real awfulness going on. It reminds me of the New York times, um, op-ed by uh by anna gunn a few years ago did you, did you ever read it or no yeah i, I remember that i remember yeah, anna that. gunn who played who played skylar white on uh-huh. um on the new york times i'm oh, sorry on, who played skylar white on the on uh breaking bad yeah, yeah um she uh you know that the character was the kind of character where like i mean like anybody on that show they're complicated at times you're rooting for or against them and you kind of hate them and then you respect them and then you like them in different points but I think she touched a real nerve with men's rights activist type dudes and guys who were like, why don't you just back off and leave Walter alone and let stop being such a bitch. But first of all, them, and I think that there, there's probably not a lot of shared population between the nerds who are angry about Star Wars and the like um, men right, men's right activist type dudes who are, you know, um, ang- who get angry at, at, at a character like Skyler on a television show, but they do have a lot in common. They have a lot in common. Number one, 
They have opinions about things that they should not have opinions about at all. The correct opinion, <laughs> the correct opinion on cultural relevance and how it hurts your feelings about TV shows and your memories of movies that came out 40 years ago, the correct opinion is zero. The correct opinion is null set. Mm-hmm. If you have any other opinion other than null set, you're a loser. You're a fucking loser. And like, like I don't care what, like, if you devote time to thinking about it and posting about it, unless you're doing it ironically, unless you're satirically writing something, like, unless you're like doing it like, like a drill or, you know, one or like weird Twitter or something like that, um, there's, I'm sorry, there's no excuse to have an opinion about, about this, about, about a person playing a character because they're a woman fucking garbage perfect you got me you got me geared up for my hate which is i don't even know anything about this all i did was see the time i all i saw was the headline of this story and i I, which i did say i did send you by the way yes you did send it to me actually (laughs) um jack white this is from spin magazine or spin.com i guess i'm not getting spin magazine at my house dave like (laughs) (laughs) jack white Jack White turns Icky Thump into Icky Trump. <laughs> so I guess he's joined the resistance. Oh, it's such a shame. Just His heart's in the right that. place. but Is I mean... it? Is it? <laughs> I guess. I mean. <laughs> you know the things that you find out about like celebrities and shit that they never intend to get out, but are the things that end up telling you way more about them than anything that they did publicly. Um, uh-huh. The one for him that I'll always think of is how like pissed he was that the guy from the Black Keys was at his, like was enrolling his kid in the same private oh, school. Yeah, yeah. And how he was like losing his shit. Because, like, story. This guy is trying to be me. And it's just like, <laughs> the fucking level of hubris uh-huh. that it takes I'll always just think of him as that guy. I'll never think of him as like the, you know, the 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 wayfish rock pixie guy <laughs> that he was when when they came on the scene. You know, you. I'll, I'm honestly, I am a little surprised that he's. Um, uh, I, I am surprised that he's anti-Trump. I thought he would be more in the Kanye, like considering Trump to be part of the world of creative ideas. Type camp. <laughs> nonsense. I, I would have thought him and like Kanye would get together for a duo and be like, "Yeah, you know what? Why are you guys being so hard on the president? Maybe he has some good ideas. Creativity comes from weird places. We're weird." So uh, everybody, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review to our. Uh, are we closing? Is that it? I guess we're done. Yeah, I think so. That's our last thing. Maybe right? our best. Maybe our best show ever. Good, good. I actually really like the last one, so I think this is a uh, two for two. Nah, nah. We we're fucking killing it. Nah, the last one was bad. Hey, agree with really me. Good. Agree with me. I, we're two for two. Fuck. Um. What what else, what else do we got going on? What what's happening? You're probably really what's freaked out the listeners here? there, like like dominating me like that. That's not what they're <laughs> used to hearing. That's not what they tune into. Here. I just threw off the whole dynamic. I threw off the whole dynamic. Listen, they everybody, gave... I'm really sorry for the outburst. I am just my otter pops. They they completely melted, and I'm so hot. <laughs> my otter pops are boiling over here. <laughs>
I was going to say earlier when we were talking about the billionaires. I was going to say, like, would you ever vote for a billionaire? And if you were like, I was going to be like, like, like your dad. <laughs> Few people don't know this, but Jewish Dave's dad is a billionaire, an actual real life living. I, I am a billionaire. How do you think we uh, pay for all this? All of this. <laughs> all of this. I would have to get rid of all of this. <laughs> all of this. <laughs> what were you about to promo? Piecing it together. Oh, Best Friends Volume uh, 2. You were never really here. And Upgrade. Yep. Three episodes in the next week. One just went up. Subscribe. Oh, wait, oh and hey, this today is actually uh, the, the three-month anniversary of Piecing It Together. So thanks, everybody who's been listening. It's awesome. Thanks. Like... What is this? A, like a girlfriend you're going to probably break up with in six months? Like who celebrates a three month anniversary? It's not a nice thing to say. <laughs> like you <laughs> only celebrate month anniversaries with girls that you know that you're not going to be with for very long. I noticed as I was uploading that the first one was on the fifth. So I was like, nice. Uh, Entre Dos is live as well. Three episodes in. We're going to start like a little campaign to really kind of push push that show as soon as they get about five episodes deep i think but um for now you if you are a listener to our show can subscribe rate and review entre dos is spelled e-n-t-r-e space d-o-s entre dos is how you pronounce it raising bilingual children um podcast movement july 23rd through 26th i got confirmation i'm speaking on the 23rd um i changed my flight so i could be there on the 23rd (laughs) <laughs> there might be another thing actually that I speak on there. Another like little like mini segment thing that they're, I don't know. I, I, I don't know about that yet, but I'm definitely speaking on the 23rd. Uh, I don't know what the other day would be. Um, and then enormous news, Dave. Yes. Huge, I'm excited about this. News. This is maybe the biggest thing that's ever happened in the history of our podcast network. Why don't you do the honors? Demise can finally listen to our shows because <laughs> we are now on Stitcher. <laughs> I'm glad you went with that. I was going to go, we are now on the fifth most popular podcast. <laughs> We're now on that one that only downloads one episode at a time. So that's why yeah, I do it for my phone. If you, ever, if you ever just want to listen to only the most recent episode of ours, <laughs> and like if you're looking for, a, for an app that really respects your data usage... <laughs> Your data bandwidth. What assholes. We're on Stitcher. (laughs) (laughs) 